Welcome, traders. Welcome to the SPACs attack. Go ahead and hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. Get ready. We got an action-packed show. We got a great interview coming up. We got SoFi making moves. So you guys already know the SPACs are back. We're going to be paying attention to a new pattern today. So stay tuned to the end of the show. That's when we're going to be going over towards that new pattern. So you guys don't miss it. Welcome to the SPACs attack. What's going on, Zigger Nation? Let's hear it up. Let's hear it up. I want to see the chat getting lively today. Go ahead. If you're new to the show or you're just here to go ahead and talk some SPACs with us, hit us up in the chat. Say hello. I want to say hello to the, all the names out there. We always got some great listeners. Hello. Let's go ahead and let's roll through it here. We got Cole. We got Sue in the house. Already know. Born to be free. What's going on, guys? Have you guys been seeing the SoFi? SoFi, man. Let's go ahead and let's bring in my man, the brains of this show. You guys already know him as Chris Opedia, but I know him as Chris Ketchy. My man, what's up? Hey, Mitch. What's going on? How are we doing uh, Wednesday this week already? As you can tell, I'm trying to bring the energy today. I'm feeling good trying to enjoy the day, enjoying the SPAC industry, because at the end of the day, these are always opportunities to invest in. And that's the way I really see SPACs. So give me a thumbs up, guys, if you guys feel the same way as me. And let's get this party started. Let's go. What's going on, Chris? What's going on out there? Looks like we got a SoFi rocket. Yeah, you know, like you said, it, it looks like SPACs are back. So we have some stuff to talk about in headlines and then also after our interview today, you know, we can dive in and really look at uh, what's going on with SPACs. June is an exciting month, Mitch. I mean, we just saw SoFi, BarkBox both complete their deals. And this June calendar, I mean, there's more names being added to it as we speak, um, which I'll get to in headlines. But there are a ton of deals this month. So an exciting time for anyone uh, following the SPAC market for sure. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk about what's moving out there. I know that we got a rocket to talk about, so let's go ahead and let's talk about that rocket. All right, guys. Yeah, so let's dive into to headlines. So up first, we have NHIC, that's New Hold Investment Corp. Uh, their merger partner, Evolve, uh, was awarded a U.S. Air Force contract. The size was not disclosed, but keep an eye out on NHIC. This is one that we had an interview with. Um, not too long ago. And then as Mitch said, that that rocket, we have SoFi. So shares of SoFi hit the public market under the new name uh, and new ticker yesterday. Also switched exchanges from the New York Stock Exchange, uh, ticker IPOE, now trading on the NASDAQ, uh, ticker SOFI. So already on day one, the company getting a uh, initiation. So Oppenheimer, out with a outperform rating and a price target of $25. Shares closed at $22.65 yesterday. Uh, now up 10% today to $24.85. So it looks like that Oppenheimer price target uh, already getting there. Um, so this one may need uh, some new price targets and initiation from other analysts. We'll dive more into SoFi um, at the end of the show as we talk about these uh, merger votes uh, through June. But SoFi running again today. Another runner today, we have Skills, SKLZ, former SPAC in the esports and uh, sports betting space. 
So they announced an acquisition today. They're acquiring uh, Arky um, to form the first integrated esports advertising platform. So Arky uses advanced machine learning algorithms uh, that are going to be augmented by skills deep first party data. Arky reaches more than 465 million monthly users already, and it's going to get integrated into Skills Platform. Deal expected to be uh, closed in the third quarter. Arky has a global scale and proven track record in the mobile gaming market. Uh, Five trillion monthly advertising auctions. Uh, you know, so $150 million for this deal. You know, in, in my opinion, this looks like a, a winner here. SKLZ, you know, they, they have some propriety te- proprietary technology, and now they're adding in that advertising platform to really be able to monetize. So keep an eye out on SKLZ to see if this thing continues to rip higher today. Then, as I said, we have several votes being added to the calendar. So FTOC setting a merger vote date of June 23rd with Payoneer. APXT setting a merger vote date of June 30th for Avpoint. We've talked about both these companies on the show. Um, we had Betsy Cohen on uh, and, you know, talking about Payoneer, we had TJ from Avpoint. Um, so hopefully some of you have followed these stories along. Uh, but definitely, you know, looking strong going into those merger vote dates. And as I said, so not only SoFi changing, but we also have uh, STIC, which will begin trading as Bark today, B-A-R-K. The company rang the opening bell this morning at 9.30, so getting lots of attention. Remember, they did have the negative catalyst yesterday. Um, with that announcement that uh, a product in one of their boxes possibly responsible for the death of a dog. Uh, Again, there is no uh, definitive uh, details on that. Um, But shares responding nicely, up about 6% today um, in that first day of trading. Again, we'll get to some patterns later on in the show. We have RTP. So RTP merging with Joby Aviation. They announced a infrastructure partnership with the largest mobility hub operator in North America. So this is Reef Technology and Neighborhood Property Group. So this is going to take place in 2024. So it's a little ways away, but Reef is the country's largest parking garage operator. Um, So they're going to be able to use some of those sites um, to use this electric vertical takeoff and landing device from Joby. Um, This this is a nice deal um, announced today. I think it's getting, uh, you know, kind of not really seen out there by by the major media shares up only 0.3%. We're still under $10. Joby is a couple years away. Um, you know, but keep an eye out on this one because to be able to, you know, use these electric vertical takeoff and landing devices from these garages, remember that the majority of these parking garages are in high density um areas with large populations. So could be a catalyst to watch uh, going forward. <clears throat> uh, one of Mitch's favorites, uh, Genie, G-E-N-I, shares up again today. Goldman Sachs initiating coverage with a buy rating and a $31 price target. Um, the thing that I saw in that note 
was calling Genius Sports, of course, a pick and shovel play. For anyone who's watched any Benzinga streams, we, of course, know the picks and shovel plays as the thing behind the thing. I've been saying this from day one, that Genius Sports is the thing behind the thing for the sports betting market. Um, you know, So keep an eye out on Genius with that uh, initiation from Goldman Sachs. Then we have UWMC, so Credit Suisse downgrading shares of UWMC from overweight to neutral with a price target of $8.50. Uh, so keep an eye out on that one. Um, again, this one hasn't seen much action uh, recently, um, but it has traded under $10 for quite a while now. And, and then we have CHPT earnings out tomorrow, ChargePoint. Um, I do still own shares of ChargePoint. We're down about 3% today. Um, keep an eye out on this one, right? Because there's several charging infrastructure plays um, going public via SPAC. So I think ChargePoint could set the tone really for what's to come. And maybe we get some comments from them on the Biden administration and how everything is progressing going forward. <clears throat> and then, of course, our, our big story, our big mover, we have to talk about MUDS, M-U-D-S, so Mudrick Capital, of, of course, making news yesterday for buying shares uh, of AMC, uh, you know, to help with their uh, financing and then selling shares later that day for a quick profit. Um, so shares of MUDs getting hit yesterday down 15% for two reasons. The first one being some uh, people attacking the stock, trying to short shares, trying to buy puts. Um, because they were mad that now Mudrick Capital out calling MUDs a, or calling AMC a sell after selling those shares. But also we got a new MLB NFT platform from a combination of Fanatics, uh, Michael Novogratz, and Gary V. Um, so there was some uh, you know interesting comments about that MLB deal and kind of some uncertainty on where that put tops with the MLB NFT deal. So Tops out today with a press release uh, announcing that their first quarter sales of $166.6 million up 55%. Uh, company CEO said that they were very pleased with the strength in the first quarter. And that strong momentum that they experienced last year is continuing in 2021. And they're excited about their growth opportunities for the near and the long term. The key in this press release was that they also reaffirmed their licensing deal with MLB. Uh, it's unchanged and they will continue to include Topps Major League Baseball NFT trading card products. Um, MLB out also with a quote saying Topps is one of our oldest and most important MLB licensees and we look forward to continuing to work with them to bring new MLB licensed trading card products in physical digital and NFT forms. So I think that, you know, puts to rest any uh, talk that Tops would stop doing NFTs under this new deal announced with Fanatics, Novogratz, and Gary V yesterday. Um, so shares were down 15%. Volume on shares of MUDs yesterday, 11.4 million shares, which was second of all pre-completed SPACs to only CCIV with 22.5 million shares traded. That's the story on MUDs. That's why it was down yesterday. I think we see a sharp rebound. We're already seeing shares up today. I, I really like that Tops got ahead of the news today. 
um, issued this press release to clarify that they still are going to do NFTs going forward. And, and Mitch, one thing I'll note is that someone pointed out on, on uh, Twitter that that release from MLB yesterday to talk about the new platform had the word exclusive in it. And then that word exclusive was removed later on. So I think, again, there was some confusion that that new Gary V uh, NFT platform would get some exclusive deals and tops could be in trouble. But that's just not the case. What do you think, Mitch? Definitely, definitely something to keep an eye out for. One of the things that I mentioned on pre-market prep that I thought could definitely rebound this stock is that I'm expecting them to release pretty soon the next packs. As we remember, this came out a couple months ago and they stopped doing the burn process. That was my first hint that they could be coming out with these packs pretty soon. So I think you got to pay attention to. And one of the dates that I'd give you guys, and just because I'm a baseball fan, I think they're going to do it near the All-Star game. The All-Star game is next month, guys, in July. So stay tuned. I think you might hear some news about that going into that date. That's the catalyst that I'm looking at. That's the date that I'm looking at for MUDs to really start roaring again. Because if those packs come out, we saw how they've sold the first time. We did, and luckily, uh, we I was able to to get some of those packs as you were as well. Uh, you know, interesting point there, Mitch. I, I think that's a key catalyst going forward, right? Is to talk. You know, when are they going to announce the, those new packs? I, I think that's a great guess around All Star time. But you know, I, I I was a little surprised that Mud shares fell as much as they did yesterday. Um, you know, again, some confusion around that new MLB NFT platform. And then also people attacking Mudrick Capital now. So, you know, I, I again, I think shares rebound here. They already are starting today. And I think that continues. Definitely, definitely going to be keeping an eye on it. And when we return, guys, we're going to be talking about the interview. What I want to do now, guys, is talk about our giveaway. Right now, we have a giveaway that can get you guys a free share of Tesla. Yes, I said it a free share of Tesla, guys. I know there's many out there that probably are looking at that Tesla chart and starting to think, is this the time for it to start come roaring again? I definitely think you got to watch for that 600 as we pulled back towards that level in the 15 minute right now. So let's take a look and we'll keep an eye on it, but definitely check out the trailer guys. And I'll put the Gleam link in the chat. guys throwing up that link right here in the chat let's definitely sign up guys subscribe this is very important what it does is really supports the channel guys we do all this content for free every single day so if you guys like that definitely hit the like hit the subscribe below and let everybody know hey you got a chance to win a free share of tesla and it ain't like the tesla shares are cheap man so i i've been saying it countless times jason Raznick. Slide me some Tesla. 
I want some cheaper price Tesla. Who wouldn't want it? I'm sure even our interview that's coming up, Jared would take it. So let, let, let's definitely, let's get into our interview. This is a time where we go ahead and unlock some specs. So Chris, like always, let's unlock them. All right, guys. Uh, another exclusive interview here on Spax Attack. Super excited. On the show today, we have Jared Kaplan. He's the CEO of OpFi. Company is going public with FG New America. That ticker is FGNA. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you. You know, instead of the Tesla share, I want to see Rasnick slimed again. I think that, that's a better trade. Hey, there you go. That's, I, that's I the admit. goal. That's the goal. I'm waiting for this. I might even fly over there to Detroit just to see this in person, but that's how it is. We'll have to get you on there, Jared. All right. So I'm going to let Chris do some questions and then I'll be back with some of my own. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right. So let's dive in. So Jared, you're on SPACs attack. We talk all things SPACs and former SPAC deals. So the big question up first for a company like OpFi is why the decision to go public via SPAC and was the company close to a traditional IPO uh, consideration? Before the pandemic hit last year, we were looking at a traditional IPO and we started getting inbounds from SPACs. I had heard of the term SPAC a long time ago, was not an expert by any means. We started to look at it more closely and then the pandemic hit. Uh, so that changed the course of our focus for the foreseeable future. It took us four or five months to make sure the business was stable, that we were still rocking and rolling. We picked our heads up uh, third quarters of last year. We had gotten some more inbounds. We were looking at both paths. And ultimately, we made the decision to go SPAC because of the FG guys. Uh, we, we did think a SPAC was going to be more expeditious. We knew it gave us a chance to talk about the Op5 vision building this digital financial services ecosystem for the everyday consumer. But most importantly, we've got a great partner in Joe Moglia and the team there at FG. Joe understands this customer. He's got tremendous credibility. This is a business we never raised venture capital. Uh, we are out there telling our story every day. The customers that use our product really understand us. We wanted to make sure the institutional investor community understood us well. And, and, and Joe, having him on our, on our side was, uh, was the big decision maker between a traditional process and uh, and the spec process. Well, perfect. You answered my second question as well, you know, to talk about uh, Joe Moglia, the, the former uh, CEO of TD Ameritrade. Uh, so we won't hit more on that. But yeah, it looks like you've got a great partner there, someone who knows the space well. So let's dive in for our viewers who may not be familiar with OpFi. Can you give us a, a summary of what is OpFi all about? For sure. I mean, there's 150 million consumers in the country with less than $1,000 of savings, which is sobering when you think about it. And 60 million of those are completely locked out from credit. They can't get mainstream credit. And these are people whose car may break down tomorrow. They got to get to work. They don't have enough money in the bank account and they need to get credit. And when you're locked out, you're in a difficult situation. And historically, the best options were what I call the markets of last resort, payday loans, auto title loans. So the history of the OpFi platform was to create credit access through best available products and a desire to graduate customers to better financial health and ultimately allow them to build savings and to build, uh, to build wealth. Uh, and we've done that through our Op Loans product historically. Uh, that's a credit access installment loan that, that people love. And I always tell people, if you really want to understand who we help and how we help them, 
just go read the reviews online. Go to the Better Business Bureau, go to Google, go to LendingTree, what have you, go to our Trustpilot reviews. But this is someone who is not a low-income consumer. They're a middle-income consumer. They're making 50 grand. They have a job. They have a bank account, but they've got poor credit. And with our proprietary technology, uh, with our AI, with our machine learning, we can power banks to facilitate this credit access. It's with a product that is better, much, much better than the market's last resort. It's structured in a way that you rebuild your financial health and ultimately graduate to the mainstream over time. And now we're wrapping around some of those more traditional banking products. So we can become for the everyday consumer what SoFi has become for the Henry's, those high earners, not yet riches. Rich yet folks, we're looking at the everyday American who needs help, who you know, is in this situation because income has been flat and all the costs of living, healthcare, education, childcare, they have all been increasing uh, as, as wages have been flat, which makes it difficult to build savings. Perfect. So Jared, you, you started to hit on there. My next question, artificial intelligence, right? That's a term we hear a lot. It's a growing market. So how does a company like OpFi use artificial intelligence for uh, its uh, fintech products? Yeah, the, 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 the credit score has been the way the, the country has judged someone's credit worthiness historically. We look at ability and willingness to repay solely through alternative data. So that's everything from your behavioral data. When you, when you fill out an application, how fast you go, do you delay on your birthday, do you delete your social security number four times, to using banking information. Uh, in most cases, we're getting 90 days of bank transaction to verify identity, to verify income, to verify consistency of income. And then we gather a whole bunch of other attributes from alternative data sources, companies like Clarity, and factor trust, and it all amalgamates into a proprietary score that has nothing to do with your traditional score, which tells us a customer's ability and willingness to repay, which our bank partners ultimately adopt to extend credit. So in, in, in our situation, although someone may have a, a less than 620 FICO score, in fact, half of our customers uh, have less than 600 FICO scores, we're able to see right through that, ensure that they can get the best product available, and then ultimately graduate to a more mainstream financial product over time. Perfect. So we have a slide in the investor presentation that talks about some partners that use OpFi's uh, API. So Credit Karma and Lending Tree and some others are listed. So can you just tell our viewers a little bit about how does OpFi work with some of these partners and help create products and uh, tools that they can use for their customers? Yeah, our acquisition model is as follows. 80% of the time someone's on their mobile phone. Many times they just got laughed out of their bank. Bank says, no, I can't help you. So they go online, they find us, they go through a five minute application. It's quite streamlined. And then right before they hit submit, we will ask them if they'd like us to do a diligent search on their behalf. And we'll go to about 20 near prime platforms to see if any of them have an appetite. And unfortunately, 90% of the time, everyone says no. And 10% of the time, someone will provide an offer, but they'll only close the loan about 10% of the time. So only about 1% of the time, we're able to get someone what's considered to be near prime credit. After they failed, we looked to underwrite with the bank partners. Uh, about half the time, the customer finds us through one of these strategic marketing partners, whether that's LendingTree or Credit Karma. There's 50 plus others. And uh, we're able to uh, tell the customer why they're, why they're great. They choose us. And uh, if the banks are able to extend credit, we can get them a product that gets them on their way. Perfect. So you talked a little bit about uh, you know the target customer uh, so people employed have a bank account and make over $50,000 a year. And, and those same customers being locked out of other financial products. 
Uh, can you break down a little bit why this target market and that price point of, you know, $50,000? Well, I think it's just the reality that we've got 150 million people with less than $1,000 savings. It runs the gamut. We see people that are making six-figure incomes that are that are finding it, it difficult to make life meet. You've got a, a, a budget. You're uh, essentially living your life paycheck to paycheck. It doesn't take much to turn your on, 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 on your end. And, and, and when we talk about the median consumer that surprises lots of people who are in, in it, aren't in their buck, that bucket, they don't recognize that the mass of this country is in this situation. And that's why these products are so vital, especially when the traditional markets are saying no, just because they don't like that, that credit score. Perfect. And then, you know, there was another slide in the investor presentation and now Becoming a public company, I'm sure investors want to know what's next. So, you know, AppFi has had success, but uh, it looks like future launches could include credit cards, near prime lending, mobile banking, point of sale lending and mortgage lending. Can you break down a little bit kind of the, the timeline and what these items could mean for AppFi's growth ahead? Sure. So so that historical credit access product, we call it the op loan. That's been the bread and butter of the company. And now we're expanding into what we would consider more traditional mainstream products. So Salary Tap, uh, this, this morning we announced a national launch of Salary Tap. That's also an installment loan like the op loan, but it's repaid through payroll deduction, which is a highly secured form of repayment. So those products can be offered at much lower cost. And I think that's going to be incredibly interesting to a number of people that apply today that may not be able to qualify for the products, they don't make enough income but with the salary tap product because of that repayment mechanism, they will be able to qualify. And we're also working with employers and financial wellness brokers in that relationship to uh, distribute that product. So that's salary tap. And then we've got the OpFi credit card, which launches in uh, the second half of this year. That's meant to be a graduation product for customers who have performed in one of these installment loan credit access products and now deserve a more mainstream financial product. Beyond that, we want to encourage savings. So we're looking at mobile banking. Wrapping around mobile banking has a lot of advantages. If you're able to convince someone to move their direct deposit, you're first in line to get repaid. That should help the economics of the loan products over time and allow the banks to offer them at lower costs. And if we're able to offer access, graduate to the mainstream, help you build savings, we'd love to help you build wealth, uh, either through getting you your first mortgage or uh, maybe an investment platform to help you build some wealth. That's a long vision. It's a decade-long vision. It's going to take a lot of work. We've got our work cut out for us this year with Salary Tap and the OpFi card uh, uh, to, to execute those. But it's a massive market. There aren't many players. I think we've done a great job thus far, but we're just starting off on our journey. Perfect. So, you know, along with those new products, we, we do obviously in the investor presentation have some financial uh, forecast going forward. So revenue to grow 30% in fiscal 2021, 57% in fiscal 2022. How much of that growth is coming from the existing businesses and how much is coming from some of those new products and verticals that you mentioned? Vast majority in the projections is from the historical business. We tried to be conservative there. There's a lot of growth still left in the uh, op loans product. It's just the reality of the need in the marketplace. Prior to COVID, 
I describe the demand for these products as being insatiable because so many people are living paycheck to paycheck and that traditional world has abandoned them. They need an access product when something unexpected happens. And now as we move out of COVID, all this pent up spend, people are driving again. So they are unfortunately breaking their car. People are going back to the doctor, uh, not because they think they have COVID because of something unexpected medically that has happened. So all of that demand is coming back. So we expect robust growth in that Opalance product. And then we're also very bullish on the new products, but have been have been relatively conservative in the projections. So the vast majority of the projections that you see in that investor deck are driven through the historical product. Perfect. And then, you know, we've seen so many companies go public uh, via SPAC or announce deals that may not have revenue. And if they do have revenue, they may not be profitable. So, you know, we have OpFi here looking to improve profitability through their scale. So can you yep. talk a little bit about how scale is really going to boost that uh, net income going forward? Well, I, I'll say you know, it's been very interesting as we've we've started this pu public process because the business has been gapped at income profitable since 2015. And that was just the deliberate method that we had at, at building it. The, the founding family, the Schwartz family, put about $12.5 million in prior to my tenure. All the growth since then have been uh, from cash flow from operations and debt capital. So we've run a really lean business. We wanted to show that we could grow it rapidly, but also that it was a viable business from a gap net income perspective and that customers would love us along the way. So now as we move to the public markets, nothing really changes. We still want to be terrific stewards of, a cap of our capital. We still want to do a tremendous job for customers and use our scale to help improve products and work with the banks to make the products better over time. It's actually one of the reasons why the margins are flat going forward. It's that as we get better and better, the data sets get larger, we should be able to work with the banks to make the products more and more affordable. And to their credit, I mean, it's a no fee product now. Historically, there are no origination fees, no prepayment penalties, no late fees, no NSF fees. We're starting to reward borrowers who repay us over time. Now we're looking to graduate them to lower cost products like the salary tap product and the credit card product. Those are lower margin products and they're lower cost, but it's the right thing to do for a customer who has been abandoned, has proven their ability and willingness to repay, and now they need to be rewarded. Perfect. So, you know, with some of those new product launches, new verticals, of course, the, the question of M&A arises. So is OpFi going to look at potential mergers and acquisitions now as a publicly traded company to enter some of those spaces? Is that part of the uh, game plan going forward? As we uh, have this vision of building this ecosystem, there are various ways you can add new products. You can build them the Nuovo, you can, you can partner, or you can certainly acquire platforms. Uh, that will absolutely be in our arsenal. We wanna do the right deals. We wanna do the right deals. I've seen lots of great companies get distracted by doing small M&A deals that weren't exactly what they thought they were when they, when they set off on that journey. So we wanna be very thoughtful about it, but there's no question the business is quite cash flow positive. We'll build some nice cash on the balance sheet. And if we find a prudent use of that cash to acquire a product that we want to put into the ecosystem, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely be interested in that. Awesome. And then we do, of course, want to talk a little bit about competitors. So we have a couple slides in the deck um, comparing OpFi to we've got Upstart, Catapult, and Affirm. So, you know, the, the big question is, how does OpFi, which we've got it right there in front of us, but walk us through this slide. How does OpFi differentiate themselves uh, from competitors like Upstart, Catapult, and Affirm? 
Yeah, I think I think we think of ourselves as one of these fintech 3.0 players that's using all our alternative data, our decision uh, decisioning technology, our AI to be a market leader to steal share from some of the legacy players, grow the book, grow it, grow it profitably. Uh, we, each of these companies is is, is uh, standalone, different in their own right. But just to walk through it pretty quickly, Upstart, a firm that we have tremendous respect for, that has done a, a, a outstanding job in the public markets. We have a very similar delivery model in that the vast majority of the business is bank originated and we are providing all of the outsourced acquisition, underwriting and servicing on banks' behalf. They're focused on a slightly different cu customer. They're a high 600s customer on average and they've made the decision that after the bank originates the loan and they buy back the receivable, they're selling those to third parties. We've made the decision to hold most of the receivables we buy from the banks on balance sheet uh, the loans that we've facilitated, they are much shorter term in duration. You make about double the unit economics when you hold it versus you sell it. And we think we really understand how to manage the risk. So that's why we made that decision. Uh, but all the technology, the AI and machine learning that Upstarts talks about, we would put head to head. You know, We talk about our 14 million repayment events or 7 billion data points to build our algorithms that the banks ultimately adopt. And so that's where we think that's very comparable. Catapult's point of sale company. They're focused on a very similar customer financing a durable good at the point of sale. Uh, we're going to get into the point of sale space de facto through the credit card. It's instant issuance. So you can be at the point of sale and, and, and um, uh, have that product, uh, ha have that uh, credit card right there to finance a product. So we're really, really excited about that. And Catapult has built their business on technology at the point of sale. And so as a space that we can move into more and more over time as well. Perfect. And then, you know, uh, along with the competitors, we also have the slide talking about valuation. So, you know, I'm sure it was a lengthy task, but your company and FGNA, you know, completing this merger, you, you had to come to some arrangements on a valuation for OpFi. So here we have, you know, a, a company with, you know, better margins and, and you know, uh, possibly some better growth going forward. Uh, how does OpFi stand up and why maybe the decision to, to be valued lower than some of these competitors? So you know, it's, we, we hand shook on the deal. I think it was uh, uh, mid to late December. And uh, after that handshake, you had all these companies, Upstart, Catapult, Affirm, Moneyline, SoFi, all come to the market at, at really exciting uh, valuations. I give the, the Schwartz family behind the business, uh, you know, they are stand-up people, they handshook on a deal. I think our deal was a little bit different than some of the others out there in the marketplace, right? Uh, we, we didn't do a pipe, there's a secondary piece of the transaction. We want it to be a fair value for all investors to get involved with. We will still, as the selling shareholders, own the vast majority of upside after the close. We said, let's go all make a bunch of money together. And nothing really has changed, right? This is a moment of time we want to put our heads down after we close this deal, go and build the vision, just like we did in the debt capital markets, prove to the equity capital markets we deliver on what we say, and I think everything will take care of itself. And it's a great thing that all these fintech companies are having such success, but I think at the current valuation, it's a, it's a terrific, interesting entry point for investors where everyone can create a bunch of value going forward. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about, and it's talked in the investor deck, was kind of how it was really a, a resilient time for credit in during the pandemic. Can you explain a little bit what your company saw in the pandemic and how this really affects your company? Yeah. The, so I, 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 I described that demand for the product was insatiable prior to the pandemic. The pandemic hit, you had 
some interesting factors. No one's driving, so you can't bring your car. No one is going to the doctor unless you think you have COVID, so you're not incurring unexpected medical. Uh, customers are flush with cash with stimulus and they're quarantined, so they're not spending discretionary income on vacation and such. Uh, it, it played out very counterintuitively from a recession playbook where for the first time we saw weakness in demand, but we saw best ever in credit performance. Uh, as the year uh, unveiled, we saw demand come back, but by the end of the year, it was probably only about 60% of what I would consider normalized demand. In the first quarter of this year, you had some more stimulus on top of tax re refund season. So that created some more uh, demand weakness. But as that second uh, stimulus check has hit and people are starting to get out there, the economy is reopening. As I said earlier, people are driving, they're going back to the doctor, they're going on vacation. We expect a normalized environment here in the second half of the year with robust demand and normalized credit trends. Yeah, definitely. Something we're definitely going to be paying attention to and seeing it's a continued pattern as we see us come out of what, you know, some have called America 2.0, fintech 4.0. Looks like we got a lot of industries on the growth side. So let's go ahead and let's go to questions from the chat here. Uh, That's what we like to do. Definitely. First thing first, I want to point out a, a comment here. James Mann uh, in the chat saying one of the best SPAC valuations out there. So I wanted to give you the props. There's definitely some love out there in the chat. And, and, and of course, the, the question that I think we get Always. I mean, uh, and this is from Kubik. Uh, vote date. Of course. Of course. Vote date. W when is the time uh, set for your vote? Is it in what quarter is it set to close in? Kind of at least give us an area. Yeah, we're working through the final uh, process with the SEC. And uh, I, I, I think by the end of this quarter, at, at worst, very early next quarter, we hope to the, close the transaction. We're controlling everything we control in our hands and moving as fast as we can. Definitely. I think Chris got one here. Yeah, perfect. And then uh, one last question here. So uh, Mitch hit on it a little bit with how COVID played in. Um, but just talking a little bit more about, uh, so this question's from Sue, whether the pandemic and the stimulus checks impacted OpFi. So you talked a little bit about the demand, but did we see stimulus checks, um, you know, boost some uh, demand after um, for a business like OpFi? Our business is typically used for that unexpected expense. People were prudent with their stimulus checks. Actually, they paid down higher cost debt with stimulus checks, actually all debt. And we saw our customers do the same thing. So as they were not spending money on discretionary income, as they were not incurring unexpected expenses that typically drive demand for our product, that use that extra cash to spend money. But it, it, it didn't last as long as I think anyone would have hoped. Even last year, it burned off after in a handful of weeks. And this year we saw that stimulus burn off even faster as people return to normal lives. Perfect. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our questions here. So uh, viewers out there again, we have Jared Kaplan, the CEO of OpFi. Company is going public via SPAC merger with FG New America. That ticker is FGNA. Jared, we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on SPACs Attack. We look forward to, you know, following the progress of OpFi and hopefully talking to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. 
Yeah, as you guys heard it, another another exclusive interview here on SPACs Attack. What we like to do, guys, I mean, at the end of the day, is get you guys the information. That's what it's always about. I'm sure if you didn't hear about this SPAC before today, now you know a lot more about what the company bringing to the table. Also, the valuation that we focused on. I think that's very important. As you've seen in the SPAC industry a lot of people are trying to focus now more on the fundamentals. So you definitely need to keep your eye on the fundamentals and look into the investor presentations. And it looks like there was an update that it was given recently, right? I think it was even put out today, Chris. Yep. I think that was today. Excellent. Excellent. So definitely check it out, guys. If you guys haven't, I'll definitely put the link up where you guys can find that investor presentation in the chat. What'd you think of it, Chris? I, I like it. You know, this is a company uh, helping people. I mean, Mitch, some of those statistics are kind of staggering. Um, you know, people that have less than $1,000 in savings. Um, I think we saw, you know, a little bit with the pandemic that people were able to not only spend the money on items they needed, but also pay off some debt and build up a little bit of savings. Um, of course, we did also see people, you know, put their stimulus into the the stock market and crypto and other various places but this is a company helping people and i really like that they're uh growing revenue that they're profitable and you know he talked about scale right so as the business grows they're able to scale and they already have some industry leading margins mitch i know that's one of your keys you look for in some of these deals as margins so as you compare them to some of their competitors you have OpFi here with, with higher margins than the competition. And this deal valuation, I, I really like it. Um, you know, so I look forward to them talking about their vote date. You heard it here, guys. Jared said, you know, company working through with the SEC, trying to get this deal complete as soon as possible. He can't give us a date, obviously, but he said, you know, hopefully the end of this quarter or early next quarter. So this company, Mitch, could be added to the June calendar. We could get an announcement any day now. Definitely. It's one that we're going to watch out. Looks like we got a great reaction out of the stock today. Could have been because of our interview. People love SPACs attack or investors finding out about FGNA and then now starting to take an approach. To SPACs, look, are, we'll SPACs are coming back. And I mean, this is the place to be, right? If you want to hear more about these SPACs and get that extra information, right? From the CEO, you can, you can read a press release. You can read an investor presentation. We're here to ask the questions. We're here to ask questions from the chat. Um, you know, so guys, join us on SPACs Attack uh, to get that information. SPACs are coming back, Mitch. So, you know, it's it's a great time to be following this market. Definitely, definitely something that we're going to keep an eye out on. So what do we want to do now, guys, is go into our watch list, look at some stocks, get some stocks from the chat. Also talk about some stocks that will be having some vote dates in this month uh, coming up. We got some great ones coming in. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about TSIA. So definitely stick around, guys. Let's go ahead and let's get into our watch list time. Every time. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's enjoy it. Let's look at what we got out there, what's moving. So first things first, um, we've, we've already talked a little bit about skills 
and uh, a little bit about SoFi. But let's take a look. Nikola up a great amount, man. Still pushing 850, about almost 8.5% there. A, a good move there in Nikola pushing up there on the 15 minute. It doesn't look like there's news out on that, Chris, right? It's just kind of giving a, a little push up there. There, there's no news and you keep saying pushing up so you must be referring to uh pushing up the hill here um those vehicles of course that so, looks like a hill to me man <laughs> yeah i i don't have a lot to say about nicola this one still surprises me um that it, it, it's now trading over 16 dollars again um this is one you know that that hasn't had a lot of positive news um and it it is heading higher so uh cautious right. chasing this one well, where can we end up with resistance? I'd be looking for somewhere if the 1613 can hold today, you can go up to the next level. Next level, I would look up. I would look probably past this kind of little gapage area where it had a little gap here in the 1st of December. So it might try to clear that gap up towards 20. So that's what I'd be looking at, guys. So definitely keep your eyes out on this stock. We'll see if it can get back up there towards those kind of $20 level, $20.50 level. That's kind of the next stop if it can hold to 16. Doesn't look bad on the chart, at least. You know, sometimes I try to not really pay attention to the stock itself, but look at the technicals. This one, at least technically wise, is it is showing some push. 16.13, a really important number to hold today. If that can hold, I'd, I'd pay attention to this one. All right, next up, Ride also taking a move up. Look at some strength there. Look how the volume, remember I talked about this. When you get these big volume bars, a lot of times you're going to get these pullbacks. Let's see how it reacts at that resistance. So near 11.50 is going to be very vital. And that's for Ride, guys. So Ride doing a good move also. Um, that's that's after, of course, the release of the kind of the visits that you can do now. CCIV having a good day still, looking like it's starting to push up. Um, once again, I, I think it's going to run into some trouble here at 24s, 25s, but we'll see how that reacts in the next couple of days. Uh, I want to get a little bit further down, get to some stocks from the chat. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the Fisker move, starting to make a move up. What are you thinking about Fisker here, Chris? Yeah, so Fisker, I, I think I saw that they are going to present at a conference, I think next week. Oh, nope. Looks like, yep, next Wednesday. So Henrik Fisker is going to do a fireside chat at the Evercore ISI TMT conference. So Henrik Fisker has been pretty open on Twitter, right? Sharing company milestones, reservation numbers. So I'm not sure if that's why we're seeing shares move higher today. There was a press release out about it um, that he'll be doing that fireside chat. But could we get more information next Wednesday? Maybe. I mean, this company's already had some news items, right? We've got the Pope Mobile. We've got the partnerships with Foxconn, with Magna. You know, again, this thing's building nicely uh, into the end of 2021, uh, 2022 start here to really ramp up uh, and produce those electric vehicles. So liking FSR here, I, I do have a position still in the stock. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's talk about a pattern that we've been seeing. And so first thing I'm going to pull up, not the stock that I want to talk about. Let's talk about the stock that Crew Cut brought up in the chat. That's what we're about, right? We're about our viewers, and that's what it's always been. So definitely smash the like button, hit the share button, let them know this is the best SPAC show in the world. And if you want to talk about SPACs and, and you're thinking about investing, this is definitely the show to stick with. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about APXT. Uh, let's take a look here on the chart, see how it's looking today. 
All right, so this is one that is starting to push up there from about 10.50 now up there towards $11 on the day, up about 6%. What kind of pattern have we been looking at, Chris, and, and what are we looking to see continue? Yeah, so APXT, I mean, you you see it here starting to build up, right? So that news was out this morning around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, I believe, the, the company announcing their merger vote date, so June 30th. So today's the second. We have June 30th now, the end of this month as the merger vote date. So Mitch, I mean, look at that chart. This thing fell, right? It it lost interest, you know, as lots of SPACs were falling. They announced revenue. They announced updated guidance. And it still wasn't enough to really lift shares up. But today we have that news out about the merger vote, which used to be a major catalyst, right? Mitch, I think that catalyst is coming back, right? that now we're seeing shares move higher on deal announcements into the deal vote. And as you saw with SoFi, after the vote is finalized, what do you think uh, these patterns here? Well, one thing I'd point out on APXT is, man, looks like the $10 thing actually still works, guys. It still works. It's still working, guys. This one went to a low of 986 common common low for SPACs there at that 986 level and it really turned back around what did it do it went sideways slightly above 10 and what do I always talk about guys what do you want to see is a move above $10 and then a sideways action that doesn't break that 10 what did you get in this stock guys you got down to the 980s right it went up it started playing with you a little bit And then this day was the day that it actually went above here. It opened at 1025, had a high of 1030. But guess what? The low was only 1002. Very important there, guys. Then from that point on, you want to see it hold that $10. The next couple of days, you get a low of 1006, 1004, 1011, 1013. Do you see how there's a common trend there? There you go, guys. And then there you go. You get your spike. That's what I look for, guys. It's a pattern that I, I is common in there. And, and one of the things is to see is do you get this pattern to continue now as we get some of the ones coming into the merger vote an, uh, announcement and also the actual merger vote date? So that's what I'm going to be paying attention to. One that I took a shot in, guys, today is TSIA. I got a little bit yesterday. And, man, I added to it today. Chris? I put the big boy pants on. I put the big boy pants. I was talking to Chris in the pre uh, the pre Spacs attack show that we were we were gonna take a look at TSIA and if I was gonna take a shot, I took my shot today, guys. I'll let you guys know. Uh, I I first got in uh, under the 1050s. I got 10 uh, under the 1060s, 1057. That was my first entry. That was yesterday, guys. That was. Uh, right around here when it dipped down. And now I just added to it around 1067s. So my average right now is 1062. I'll, I'll be as honest as I can be, guys. I mean, that's I don't think I could be more transparent there than that. But this is one that I'm going to look to see if it can continue moving on up. I would love to see it get through the 11s. And then as we get to the merger date and it turn over to latch for it to really start making a move here. And, and the ticker is going to be, is it LTCH or what was the ticker going to be? Do you know, Chris? I don't have the ticker in front of me. That's what I was just looking for. I did see, yeah, Nate, I, I would love I did to... see Nate's question in the chat. What does Latch do? So Latch Ooh. is a software as a service company. Uh, they provide smart locks, smart access, delivery and guest management. 
smart homes and sensors, connectivity um, for residents, right? Uh, so we had the, the CEO on the show, Mitch, I remember him also talking about, you know, package deliveries, right, to uh, apartment buildings, right? How that can be a problem, right, of theft. And, and Latch is a company that can help solve that. Um, and again, that software as a service model, it's about recurring revenue, right? So they get revenue from these buildings, and they can also help these buildings save money. So that that's a key, uh, Mitch, you know, I, I like this one. Um, remember, Chamath was also part of the pipe on this deal. So yeah, that, that merger vote this week uh, will change over again. I'm not sure what the new ticker will be, um, but heading into uh, next week with that new ticker. So that's one I know you like on the calendar for this week. We also have JIH, which you're pulling up right now. Um, their vote with Janus International. This is an interesting one because Janus International... Um, they make doors for self-storage units. They make doors for commercial buildings. So not a sexy business, right? But it's a, a revenue business, right? They're making money. Um, and this is one that performed well. I mean, you don't see this thing even dipping down to the $10 level um, since they announced their deal. Uh, Mitch, the other thing I have to point out on TSIA was their their low was 986 as well. Isn't 986 what you said for uh, the, the one before that? So it, it looks like that could be a theme, right? Uh, some of these SPACs have dipped patience, below $10, patience, patience. But, but they come the majority of them come back, right? And we're seeing them come back now into the merger vote date. Um, Mitch, a couple I want to highlight on the calendar. Uh, we've got F. FSRV voting on June 7th. Uh, that's Catapult. We just heard a little bit about a competitor to Catapult um, here with OpFi. But this is an interesting one. And the, the reason why I want to follow FSRV is because they partner with Wayfair um, to offer uh, lending for people that maybe can't afford a product on Wayfair. So they offer monthly installments. Wayfair reported, uh, you know, a strong quarter of earnings, right? So my question is, when Catapult reports next, are, are we going to see that reflected in their report? Um, so this thing could change over and, and could, you know, be a runner. And then, Mitch, I'm not sure on the ticker on this one. I tried to look it up. But we have SSPK voting on that merger on June 10th with Weed Maps. Weed stocks are, are coming back, right? Because we're getting news out there of possible legislation. We had Amazon out today, um, you know, talking about supporting it, no longer drug testing employees. Uh, again, I wish I knew the ticker because Silver Spike, maybe the new ticker is going to be Weed, W-E-E-D or MAPS, M-A-P-S, I don't know. But I think once they're publicly traded and listed as weed maps, I think that's going to bring some new investors in, right? Because it's a it's a well-known brand. There is some competition out there. Um, I think there also would be some concern that maybe some of the other big players, once there's federal legalization like Uber, um, DoorDash, uh, you know, others maybe dip, uh, you know, dip their toes in the market as well. But right now, I think weed maps could be a good play on the cannabis market. Yeah, and I think the sports betting ones, you know, they're they're going to come back to life before college football and NFL. That that's really the next big catalyst for me, unless if we get some of these big states announcing deals. But it looks like some of those new states have kind of put it on the back burner. Um, so to me, Mitch, you know, it, it's hard to pick a winner in the sports betting market. 
That's why I'm liking Genie more and more, right? Genius Sports, because Genie makes money no matter who wins, no matter who has the highest market share. You, you know, so I, I, I still, you know, Genie's one I'm kicking myself on, right? Because we could have had this thing when it was DMYD. We had Niccolo on the show. And now as Genie, this thing is hitting all-time highs. Mitch, it looks like Bark, B-A-R-K, is up today um their first bark, day of trading bark bark you you got it right this is this is bark box right up eight percent today so so here you have sofi yesterday and bark today both of these trading higher on their day one of the public market mm, I, I think this is a, a good pattern. sign new pattern out there Guys, pay attention. This is what we do on SPACs Attack. It's not that we're always going to be 100% right. But one thing we're going to try to do is get you guys on the early trends. Let you guys see the trends and then make your own investment decision. Of course, of course, guys. It doesn't mean that I'm 100% right on this new pattern. But it also means that you guys should maybe start looking at it to seeing if we got something here. I know we're not the only ones we heard mentioned from the king himself. Julian Camacho talking about, hey, th this is something, a pattern that we might be seeing in, in some others, in some SPACs for right now. So we're going to pay attention. You know, we need to see some others really lead in this direction, but definitely, definitely, this is a pattern that you have to pay attention for. All right, let's go ahead and end it up. We'll see you guys on Monday, Monday. guys. Monday, at least we'll be back on Monday, not a Tuesday starts. We'll see you guys. Bye, everyone. There.